The stars at night are big and bright. Deep in the heart of hockey. I'm Carolyn. And I'm Marin. And this is our 37th podcast. Woo! It is July 21st. <laughs> no, I know what day it is, but I was, I, was, I was getting ahead of myself. And I think it's been a month since we podcasted. Um, no, longer. Longer than a month since we podcasted. We podcasted on July 1st. Did we? According okay. to our own blog. <laughs> which is where I had to look up what number of podcasts we're on because iTunes is still being a dick. Yeah, we are very sorry about that. Uh, we don't know what's going on there. I think it had something to do with the name change and so might have disconnected something in their system, but I really honestly have no idea what's going we on. We should probably work on figuring that we out. We will though. work on figuring that out. We promise. We promise. We're very sorry. But honestly, you could say it'd been like two months since we podcasted because nothing has happened. Well, there's been very little that. Has well, Mar- Marin has one important thing that has happened. I have two important things that have and have not happened. Okay, there, the first important thing is Jamie Ben extended. Woo! Woo! For the max amount of time, which is amazing. Woo! And for a decent amount of money. Like, both decent for the team and decent for him. Woo! <laughs> I mean, he's making, uh, what is it, 9.5 a year? 9.5 for the next eight, well, not for the next, next eight years, but yeah, for eight for years. Yeah, for when his contract is up, at eight years after that, he will be making 9.5 mil a year, which is very deserved. And is it actually still a good number for our team? Yeah, I. So. I actually, I, uh, I, I'm gonna pat myself on the back on this one. That is exactly the number I called. Okay. Several months ago. Nice. So I, it's a good number. It's a I good. good I'm, I'm very happy with it. And um, the thing that hasn't happened yet is something we're gonna talk about a little later. So I'm not gonna spoil it now. No spoilers. Uh, but the other good thing that has happened, and I don't remember if this happened, this had to have probably happened on the 1st, right? July 1st or something oh, like that. I don't know. What are you talking about? Jordy Ben extended! Yes! We did not talk about that last time. Jordy Ben did extend, and um, I'm very, very pleased about that, because I did not want to see him go anywhere else. I did not want Jordy and Jamie to have to play each other in the game of hockey, ever. Um, I think that would... I'm pretty sure that might be the first time they would have had to play each other if Jordy goes to a different team because they've either always been on the same team or in different levels. Yeah, because they were on the same team in juniors too, right? They were. They were both on the. Um, this is so ridiculous that I know this, but they were both on the uh, Kelowna Grizzlies together. Wait, what up, Pierre Maguire? Yeah, right. <laughs> uh, I know these things. So they were both not Kelowna, Kelowna Rockets. Yeah, um, the Victoria, Victoria Grizzlies. The Victoria Grizzlies. They were both on that. It was when they were the Grizzlies, although they might have also played together when they became the Salsa. I'm not entirely sure. They have a team called the Salsa? Yes. I don't remember which came first, Salsa or Grizzlies. I'm thinking Grizzlies came first because I'm Cause that one actually pretty makes sure sense. it's still called the Salsa. I don't know. I don't, I don't make these things up. I just read them on the internet. The only, the only Victoria team I know is the Victoria Royals. That's WHL. I was like, what, what, what sport is that? No, that, that? That's a junior, that's a major junior team. Gotcha. <laughs> okay. Um, I'm, I'm actually, I'm really proud of myself for knowing that. Like, my major junior knowledge was just, like, doubled in size to, like, 
three facts. <laughs> I was like, I still have nothing. I, I know where Jamie played, and that's it. <laughs> I know, like, one, I used to know 1.5 facts, and now yeah. I know three facts. <laughs> I only know they were both on the Grizzlies at the same time, though, because there's this really horrific, like, calendar photo of them with three of their teammates sitting on this, like, old model car, mm-hmm. like, like, first vehicles ever model car. It's very embarrassing. His hair is so fluffy. It's hilarious. Uh, I'm super, super stoked about about both extensions, and I'm not worried about either. And there are some people who are like, isn't that a little bit much for Ben? And I'm like, well, first and foremost, I can tell you don't actually watch the stars. Um, (laughs) (laughs) No, because if you watch the stars, you wouldn't even ask that question. You would not ask that question. Um, But the other thing about it is he's, he's... on he's on the deal ends at 36 for him which most of the time is really really old in yeah. hockey terms and um so a lot of people would be concerned about that but the reasons i'm not particularly concerned about while ben does play the most physical game on the stars that's not actually a very physical game <laughs> Like, he leads the stars in hits, but would be, like, you know, mid-pack most of the place, most places. That's true. Especially on physical teams. And so, you know, while he isn't afraid to, you know, throw the body around and and deliver big hits and stuff like that, that's not actually his style of play. And so... No, no, it's not. Which is why it's so interesting watching them play teams like the the Blues and Mm -hmm. the Kings and stuff, because... They're basically skating circles around those guys as they're trying yeah. to hit them. And I'm like, that's... Alright. Yeah. That, that's a choice, I guess. And so, his style of play has a lot more to do with speed, which does decrease, but, you know, he's got enough... He's got... The big thing about his game that's really important to it is his accuracy and his playmaking ability. Like, he just knows, you know, he's really great with the puck and hard to knock off the puck, and those things age. Well, those mm-hmm. things age well, and accuracy ages well. I mean, freaking Yager's proof of that. So Yager and Shea Weber. Yager, Shea Weber. I mean, so many guys. Uh, Aginla, another really good shooter. Yeah. yeah. That's older, but can still put up a lot of points if you give him somebody. Martin to... Saint Louis. Yeah. All these guys. So those kinds of skill sets, those age really well, as opposed to some of the other skill sets that people actually, a lot of times, attribute to Jamie Ben, like physicality, but isn't actually a huge part of his game. Nice. I'm, yeah, no, I'm, I'm perfectly happy with everything that happened. Yes. I also like the Jordy re-signing a lot, because he's clearly a very capable bottom six guy, or bottom six, very capable bottom pairing guy, and... You know, bottom six, <laughs> right? <laughs> <laughs> it's just like strike that, reverse it. Uh, very, very capable third pair guy, and frankly, with all the change that's going to be happening, it's going to be nice to have him there too on the back end, just to. Well, it's nice to have things down. I mean, losing Alex Goligoski and Jason Demers in the same season, it's nice to still have. I'm not saying that he's a viable replacement for either one of those guys. Yeah, but I'm saying it's nice to still have veteran presence on the blue line somewhere. Yeah, um, and he is, as you said, a perfectly serviceable D man, and we're not paying him very much. No, and the other thing is, last season was actually a really rough season for him, but he was rotating through three partners constantly, mm-hmm. and so that's a really hard thing for anybody to get a handle on. And he's honestly probably, and he did it with a plum, like he was never, you know, he's 
say what you want about character guy, but he's like one of those guys who doesn't bitch ever. No, ever. no, he is and honestly so, one of the most easygoing people I've ever seen play this freaking game. Right, and so like knowing that he's always going to be on the third pair and probably never going to do anything more than that, like. And knowing he's probably going to be, like, the intro guy for all these young kids coming up from Cedar Park, that's a rough role to have. And so you need somebody with that kind of temperament mm-hmm. who's just going to be chill yeah. about it. He's ch- he knows his place and he plays it well. Yeah. And hopefully we'll get lucky. <laughs> and his place is to be Jamie Benn's best cheerleader for the rest of his life. <laughs> I know. <laughs> so cute how proud they are of oh each other. Oh my god, it's ridiculous. It makes me so happy. It's so happy. I just love them being a thing. Being brothers on my team. And I really, really, really hope Jordy takes every opportunity to post more embarrassing pictures of Jamie this year. I, I like, really, I think that should be his mission. It's a, I mean, I, I, I said this the first time, like, the first one he posted this summer. I really want to know if he has, like, a store of them on his phone, or if he texts his mom in the middle of the day to ask her to send her, send him, like, a scan of a really truly embarrassing photo but no matter what it actually is it doesn't matter because i'm just so fucking happy it happened (laughs) because it is seriously one of the most hilarious things i've ever seen magic it is magic hockey magic yes um so the other smallish thing and i will i will take this one since and you can have your big one uh i have to admit i was a little bit wrong on the last podcast a little bit mostly wrong <laughs> on the last podcast um so i mean i'm going to be fair to you though there was so little data about, out there about yes, him yes. it's probably fine so last time we recapped the stars uh draft and i was not high on riley tufty like i thought they drafted him for size, and I'm not, a, you know, that's not my preferred... Even though all the scouting reports are talking about his skill in spite of and in addition to his size? Well, yes, but he also is playing against high schoolers. Whatever. And it's not a great league, so I was like, okay, you're putting up all these points on not great league. And I was wrong. I was wrong. The kid looks like he's got some serious chops. He's playing in this uh, excellent four-on-four league that was started by Dustin Bufflin and Goligoski and a couple other guys from Minnesota. And it's all pro players um, and some, like, high-end amateurs and prospects and stuff. And it's a four-on-four tournament-style league, summer league, and Riley Tufty's on it. And there was a great... And I'll find the gif and I'll post it for you guys when we post the thing. Uh... He just walks Dustin Bufflin. <laughs> I was like, yes, okay. And this is on my team. I am on board. <laughs> Full steam ahead, Riley Tufty. Sign me up. And actually, uh, so there, the whole prospect development camp was this a uh, couple weeks ago. And um, Tufty was actually, uh, one of Sean Shapiro interviewed him. And, you know, he has some you know, obviously good things to say about the Oregon whatever, but like, you know, very, very knowledgeable about where his game is at already. Mm-hmm. And that's always a good sign too, right? Like he's not trying to make the team out of training camp or anything. He's just, you know, he wants to get better and he wants to develop and he ne- knows where his weaknesses are and that's important. And I'm going to say it's going to be nice to have a player of some height like Jamie Alexiak that actually knows what to do with that height. <laughs> Unlike Jamie Alexiak. <laughs> Unlike Jamie Alexiak, who has been extended. 
Did you? I don't know if you saw that. I did. Okay. I was ignoring it. Thank you. <laughs> Why would you bring it up? I mean, maybe it's a sign and trade. I it it does sound like, from what I've heard, kind of going into something that's not even on the topic list. It does sound like Nil does not want to carry eight demon again. Yeah, but then he keeps signing all these fucking demon, and I'm like, but. What are you doing? Right. I am actually, I'm excited about Dan Ham- Dan Hamhuis coming in. I'm... Vi- what, how do you say his last name? It's Hamhuis. Hamhuis. Okay. Because I'm always going to say it Hamhui in my head. Because it cool. looks French. We've talked about this before. It's, I it's know. It's still Hamhuis. That's why I'm probably just going to call him Dan. <laughs> <laughs> Dan, Dan the defense man. <laughs> Dan, Dan the defense man. <laughs> You're welcome. <laughs> Done. <laughs> but I, I mean, uh, he'll be good with Klingberg, and then we'll have Johns and uh, what's his face? Oh, do you? What's his What's his pretty face? What's his beautiful face? And uh, then we'll have Jordy and Lindell. Probably that would be my guess. Yeah. And then we still got Nemeth and Alexia just sitting there doing nothing. Getting traded, hopefully. Well, one of them. At least one of them needs to get traded. Alexiak, please. Somebody asks us. What? Somebody asked us something about Alexiak, I think. But I'm still hoping he gets traded. No, nobody asked us about Alexiak. Somebody asked us to talk about Ghostbusters because I have seen it and you have not. And they wanted to know who would play the role of Kevin. Is this, is this Ghostbuster time? This is... Well, I'm going to break in a little with Ghostbuster time, <laughs> because me talking about Alexiak reminded me that I chose Alexiak to play the role of Kevin. <laughs> she thought I was going to choose Tyler, and I'm sorry, I can see why, because he's pretty and dumb, but I'm choosing Alexiak because he is somebody who I could trust could not literally operate a phone. <laughs> Which is something that happens with Kevin in Ghostbusters. Spoilers! Spoilers! Literally doesn't know how to operate a phone. <laughs> Literally. <laughs> um. So, yeah, that's good. That's my Ghostbusters. Oh, oh, and also I'm choosing Katie Holridge, Jamie's girlfriend, to play one of the four Ghostbuster ladies. Uh, I'm going to go ahead and slot her into Holtzman. <laughs> approved. Yeah. So that's going to be a thing as well. Can Jenny Scrivens be a Ghostbuster too? Um, well, I was trying to stick it, like, leave it with stars, but if Jenny Scrivens is going to be um, a Ghostbuster, I'm going to put her in, um, well, I can't remember anyone's name right now, but Kristen Wiig's spot. That would make sense. Mm-hmm. Um, yeah. Um, that's what I'm doing. Are we going to talk about the next topic now? Are we going to... We can talk about the next topic. Well, the next topic is it's the one that got announced this afternoon, and mm-hmm. it is the it's nationally like, televised games on NBC. It's like they knew we needed content It's like they knew that we were planning a podcast and we had literally nothing to talk about. So, um, the... I mean, you probably saw this already, but the stars have only four games that are going to be nationally televised, and two of those are against Boston. The only two games we play against Boston next season. Because we only generally ever play two games against Boston. Yeah, because they're in the East. And um, that is probably 100% because NBC wants to, again, like just dig that fucking hole that is the Tyler Sagan trade until he gets traded somewhere else. I don't know. till he retires, basically. My my real issue with all of this, so we've got here, so uh, DVD did a, a rundown oh. of all the central. Yeah, so Chicago has 21 
That's the most of anybody. 21 games. It is a record-breaking number of games that are going to be televised. Some of them are games that they're playing themselves in a scrimmage. I'm just kidding. That's not actually true. Um, Colorado has nine. Dallas has four. Minnesota has 12. Mm-hmm. Who, who beat Minnesota in the playoffs this past season? Was it... Hmm, I'll have to think about that one. Was it maybe somebody else in the Central Division? Was it maybe somebody else in the Central Division that also won the Western Conference and made it to the second round of the playoffs? Was it somebody who could have made the Wild actually interesting to watch? I think it might have been. Maybe. Was it, was it a team that used to be in Minnesota and left because nobody in Minnesota went to see them play? I, do you think... Blimey, I think you're right! I think I am right! I think it might have been the goddamn fucking stars! Like, I just spit all over myself, I'm so mad. So then Nashville only gets two, even though they have P.K. Subban now. One of the most interesting men in hockey. St. Louis gets 12, which, fair enough, what the fuck ever, if that's the style of hockey you want to see you play... They did make it to the Western Conference Finals. Did they make it to the playoffs? Like, the Stanley Cup Finals? Who were they playing? Uh, They played the Sharks. They did not. Cool. Then, yes, they made it to the Conference Finals. And then Winnipeg gets zero because nobody likes Canada. Well, and and it's a U.S. It is NBC. Yeah, it's NBC. I I would not... They're they're also not running any Oilers games, so the entirety of America doesn't get to watch Connor McDavid. Oh, darn, how will I ever console Survive, myself? Right. Well, so here's my big problem with this. And there, it's so incredibly clear that they don't give a shit about any market that doesn't already have a fan base. And <coughs> the problem with that is that to grow a fan base, you need exposure. So how, I mean, yes, some of these people are going to have localized right like Mm -hmm. fox sports says southwest is still gonna show stars games like that's gonna happen but the problem really ends up becoming okay well what if you don't live in a fox sports southwest area right or whatever and so it's like and you you know they're generally not gonna have it on at a bar if it's not on national television and they're just like and they're ignoring these large swaths of really good teams Mm -hmm. really good teams i mean the Panthers won the Atlantic Division. And they're only on twice, right? Once. Oh, once. And they have Yager. And they have Yager. They have they have a first overall pick. Yeah. Like, I mean, they have a guy who won the fucking Rookie of the Year when he was a rookie. Not that I agree with that pick still. Fuck Aaron. But he Applaud. did win it. Like, I mean, that's the thing that people usually care about. Yeah. When they're not bitter like me. And... They're going to play really exciting hockey next year. And it's like, okay, we're just going to just beat it into the ground that the only teams worth liking are the Blackhawks and the Flyers and the Bruins. And possibly the Penguins. I can't remember. I think the Penguins might be have the same amount of games I can't as the wait till the, till the Blackhawks miss the playoffs for the first time since winning in 2010. I know. And see what fucking happens. Like, if, an, if the NHL is still sucking their dick. Yeah, Probably. I mean, probably, but I, I can't wait to see. I'm really fucking salty about this. And I mean, like, Mark Stepneski, bless his cotton pick and soul, um, posted, like, something about how we're all being, un- like, we're all annoyed that the N- the NBC-, NBC isn't airing a bunch of games, even though we complain about the games every time they're aired on NBC. And I was like, first of all, how dare you take my one pride and joy away, which is complaining on the internet. <laughs> Second of all, like... 
that's not the point. Like the point the that or that's sort of the point. Like right. there's not enough exposure about the stars, so like all the coverage about them is stupid because nobody bothers to know anything about the stars. It's always more about who we're playing. Yes. Nobody always. on the Blackhawks' names ever gets mispronounced. It's always the fucking stars players. Mm-hmm. Dominic Roussel. Right. And, and... Klingman. I, it's just, it's... I get that they care about ratings, and I get that they have to make money, and but I don't... They're just shooting themselves in the foot by doing this. Like, it's... There's a difference between long-term strategy and short-term strategy, and you need both. And this is literally just a year-over-year-over-year thing. It's like, oh, all we care about is this year. Mm -hmm. All we care about is this year. If you care about actually making sure that you get hockey ratings all the time, then maybe you should try and make sure you're giving coverage to teams that need coverage to gain a fan base so that when you have to show a game of theirs, because you do at least have to show one of everybody, it's not going to fucking suck for you. They don't have to show one of everybody. They don't have to show one of anybody. But they should show at least one of everybody. I don't disagree. They're not showing one of any Canadian team. That's true. The Canadian team, I feel less bad about the Canadian thing. And, well, I mean, honestly, I, I'm not a big Connor. Like, Connor McDavid's cool and fine, whatever. I'm not... <laughs> no. I I am as salty about Connor McDavid as non-Sydney Crosby fans were when Sydney Crosby was the thing. Back right. When he was a rookie. But my thing is, like, he's probably one of the more exciting players in hockey right now. He's... Is he, though? Because we didn't actually see him play much last season, so he's still somebody I don't give a shit about. Like... And you're not going to if he's not on TV. Well, I know, but I'm saying, like, I don't even feel comfortable calling him the most exciting player in hockey right now because I saw him do nothing. One of the most exciting. Well, we did see him score his first goal ever. Fuck (laughs) him forever. (laughs) Why did you remind me about that? God damn it. Because it seemed appropriate at the time. I am so salty! You are the saltiest. I am the salt. Like, honestly, if anybody ever doubts, just come to me. I will prove to you how salty <laughs> I fucking am about everything. Uh, so the very last thing that we have on our, our topic list. is a hot, a hot to- like a hot bag of whatever. Yeah, well, because we were, we were reaching today. Reaching. Uh, so it is still technically free agency. Is there anybody out there that you... Sam fucking Gagne. <laughs> I almost said Gagner again. Sam fucking Gagne. <laughs> Go ahead, ask me B. <laughs> is there, is there, a, that would, let me finish my question. <laughs> <laughs> Sorry, I'll ask A again. <laughs> uh, are there any free agents you think the stars should add? Sam fucking Gagne. <laughs> you know, honestly though, um, here's my, I like Sam Gagne a lot actually, but he's so much better suited for a top six role than a bottom six role. And it's like, okay, but who do I put in our fourth line then? Because I don't want to break up our third line that was that Foxa-Hemsky-Roussel line. And so I'm like, I want all of these players, but I don't want Well, they're still rolling Cody Eakin as first line center next season, so let's drop him down. Right. Well, but they probably won't because Sagan will be back. Uh, uh, I understand that, but that is still projected lines from Stepneski and Heike. I know. Is having... I know. I know. But the point is, my point is, though, like, he's not a first-line player. He'll be fine. I'm not that worried about him on the first line, but I don't really want him there. 
But then you've got, so then that pushes, you know, if you've got obviously Ben and Sagan on the wings, then that pushes Sharp to the second line, and then that pushes one of Jan Marker and Nachushkin to the fourth line, assuming you keep your third line together. And I don't want Jan Marker or Nachushkin on the fourth line, because I don't think it's going to be good for them. And we don't have Fiddler or Sevier anymore, but we do have Eves, so he's on the fourth line too. Mm -hmm. But then you still need somebody in that fourth line center spot. So it'd make more sense to put Cody Eakin down on the fourth line center and just run the same amount of time for both the third line and the fourth line, rather than stepping down a third line and the fourth line in time, time and ice. Sam Gagne. We still wouldn't have a, a, a top six spot for him. I don't care. I want him on my team. Okay. Um. Uh. But ask ask B. Go ahead. Are ask there me. are there any free agents we're surprised that aren't signed yet? I honestly still like legitimately cannot believe that nobody has picked him up. I actually kind of agree with you because even if he doesn't come to the stars, which is just my pie in the sky, I want a team to like take him and take care of him and give him a good role and let him, like, have the glory that he actually deserves. I cannot believe that nobody else has picked him up. This is such a weird thing, and it's... I don't know, maybe it's true in other sports, too, but I just don't follow them enough. I don't follow any other sports. Well, I follow well, basketball a little bit. But I don't follow any other sports enough to under, like to know the transactions and things mm-hmm. like that, like I do hockey. And there's this thing, because Brandon Peary is another one who's very similar kind of in stats to Sam Gagne, but he's been shuffled around so much recently that it seems like no one wants to take a chance on him on on-ice stuff, and everybody's assuming that there's some sort of off-ice issue there. Well, because Coach Q doesn't like him, so... If Coach Q doesn't like you, you're obviously useless. But, no, like, well, there's... And for Sam Gagne, I really honestly can't believe that that's the case. Like absolutely cannot believe that that's the case and nope but still kind of a similar situation right he got traded and then he got flipped for cap space and then he got traded again and maloney was awful to him in the comments after the i wanted to punch him so bad and then he had his worst season ever but he was also playing the worst minutes and with on terrible the teammates kill. yeah yeah with weird teammates and weird starts and not doing, you know, not the role that he's built for. Built for, yeah, that he's good at. Yeah. And he was actually quite good on the Coyotes in the role he was uh, He was to. their top scorer that season. I believe he was second. because Before the period of time that he was on the team, he was the top scorer. For forwards. Oliver Ekman Larson was still the top Well, scorer. I was looking at the forwards because <laughs> he is a forward. Yes. No, that's, you know... The Coyotes, gotta love it when your defenseman is the best scorer on the team. And then you trade your your top scoring forward and then are super shitty about him in, like, the post-trade comments. I was... I was so livid. <laughs> Had he been in front of me, I would have punched him. Anyway, so I just... I feel... It's weird. Like, I feel like there's some sort of weird reputation thing going on here that's keeping Sam Gagne off a team and I don't understand it because... Well, it's for me, it is further proof that the Oilers are where all good things go to die. <laughs> because Taylor Hall got traded for being the best player on his team. Mm-hmm. With little to no leadership. 
yep. with little to no guidance, with little to no fucking anything. He was the best player on his team accidentally because the Oilers did fucking nothing to develop him. And then what does he get for it? He gets traded to the New Jersey Devils, which, fine, whatever. I'll be a Devils fan. But, like, that we're, is... We're that, all low-key Devils fans around here now. Nothing... No, like, he didn't deserve any bit of what they did to him. And the same thing with, um... Oh, fuck. Devin Dubnik. Yep. They ruined his career and his life, and then, like, he had his worst season ever. Won the Masterton, which he should not have done, and then, like, goes to glory in Minnesota, where he actually makes that team better than they really were. That's true. And now you've got Sam Gagne, who, yes, he did have that great nine-point night against the Blackhawks, which will forever live in infamy, but at the same time, like, he wasn't very consistent on the Oilers, but hasn't had a chance to prove consistency not on the Oilers because people keep sticking him in shitty roles with shitty teammates. Because, sorry, Coyotes fans, like, they weren't the best team. He didn't have the best line mates. He was stuck in a fourth line role on the Flyers. So he didn't have, he has not had a chance to prove how good he can be because he keeps playing on these shitty teams. And yet he was still the leading scorer in the of forwards. <laughs> I know! God, it makes me so mad! Okay, sorry. I'm better. <laughs> I just, I don't, I don't understand it. I do understand it. I don't understand it, but I do understand it all at the same time. Yeah. People are stupid, and nobody gets what they deserve in this world. <laughs> and this has been another episode of Cynicism with Mary. <laughs> <laughs> This has been another episode of How Salty Is She Really? (laughs) (laughs) On a scale of one to Dead Sea. Uh, So the other... Dead Sea wishes it was as salty as me. (laughs) The other bit, uh, there are a couple other bits of hockey, general hockey shenanigans. Do we really care about these things? Austin Matthews signed his ELC. He did sign his ELC after months of people be or weeks of people being like why hasn't austin matthews signed his and had the maximum of his bonuses awarded which is so funny because like after so lou lamorello who is the current maple leafs gm uh is well known for not liking signing bonuses and it's it's actually adam larson who is now an oiler uh, didn't get any on his entry-level deal. And he was a very high-round pick, or a high pick. I can't remember if he was, like, third or fourth overall, but he was a high Was pick. he first overall? He like, was... Taylor Hall, who he was signed one for one for? <laughs> Traded, not signed, whatever. No, he was not first overall. How do you spell Larson? I'm gonna look this up. L-A-R-S-S-O-N. I was looking for whether or not there were two S's. Yes. So anyway, it's, you know, he's well-known for not liking signing bonuses, and so, like, everybody was like, well... And there was a, there was actually like comments out there about demanding signing bonuses and stuff like that. So anyway, like this, all of this is going on, and people are speculating and whatever. And so then the deal gets done today. And, he was chosen fourth overall. Yeah. Uh, and so the deal gets done today, and then Lamarillo goes on like his press conference. Oh yeah, it took like ten minutes on the phone, and everybody's like, "All right, bro, whatever." whatever. <laughs> you spin that. You spin that, sir. I'll, you know, he can spin it however he fucking wants. I don't really care. Um, so the other bit of hockey shenanigans, and both of these things have happened this week. Um, Matt Pfeffer of the Montreal Canadiens was let go. Um, really, he just didn't have his contract renewed. And then... 
Tyler Dello, who had been the analyst for the Oilers, was also did not have his contract renewed. And, and that like was announced they were today. told, we were told why Pfeffer didn't, and it was because he was so critical of the PK Subban trade. Yes, which of course he was. <laughs> <laughs> of fucking course he was. Uh, but they haven't really, they haven't really released why Tyler Dello was not asked back, and uh, and you don't, nobody else has been hired in the role, so you don't know if it was like they just wanted to go in a different de- direction with analytics, or if they just wanted to get, let go of analytics altogether because they doesn't seem like they were listening anyway. Yeah, it's I, I really don't think it's a coincidence <laughs> that the two teams who had the worst trades. Like, then also got rid of the people who were probably the most critical of those trades. You don't think that's a coincidence? Because neither do I. (laughs) If they just want a yes man who knows how to say the word Corsi and, like, will just tell them yes to be paid, like, six figures a year, I am hiring. Like, or hireable. (laughs) I am here for you. I will move to Edmonton. Whatever. But, Would you really be okay, though? Would you really? In your... Would you have been able to say... I think you should trade Taylor Hall if they paid you for it. Uh, how much are they paying me for it? Probably not a lot. Probably close to 60000 a year. No. <laughs> I, I didn't think so. I don't think I'd be able to do it for less than six figures. <laughs> there you go. Marin will tell you what you want to hear. But no less than six figures are required. I mean, and the first number of those six figures better be a two. <laughs> at least. To trade Taylor Hall, it's going to cost... If you want me to tell you that trading Taylor Hall one for one for Adam Larson is a good idea, you better be paying me a shit ton of money. <laughs> a shit ton. But I will do it, given the right incentives. And there's a lot of money in Edmonton, like, for the surrounding pieces like whatever <laughs> they totally have it so i just i think that's interesting because now you're seeing and you're also seeing now like a lot of people going on like analytics backlash and blah 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 about shea weber and like how he's really not as bad as everybody you know all these analysts say and like honestly i don't see analysts many analysts saying unreservedly he's awful no i haven't seen you any know? analyst and- saying he's unreservedly awful which is what made um, Patrick O'Sullivan's comments so weird to me mm-hmm. because he like flat out said, "Well, I'd like to see somebody go in against the corner against Shea Weber and tell me how bad he really is." I don't know if that's actually how he talks, but that's how I imagine him talking. <laughs> but I was just like, "It's another one of those." Well, you just have to play the game things, and I'm like, "No, I don't actually have to just play the game because I can fucking look and see with my eyes." And also, read these numbers. And both my eyes and the numbers are telling me the same goddamn thing. Which is, he's... He's not as good as he was. Still good. Not as good as he was. And not as good as Peaky Suvan. Yeah. Those are the only two things you need to know. And I think the other interesting thing is, there's a lot that an- analytics get <coughs> hasn't done a great job of quantifying as far as defensive play is concerned. And defensive play is so structure-based. I think the best test case for this, as far as, you know, quantifying analytics in in a defensive scenario, is going to be uh, Sammy Vatnin and Hampus Lindholm. And I almost said Sammy Lindholm and Hampus Vatnin. And they play for the motherfucking Ducks, right? They do play for the motherfucking Ducks, who are well-known to have been a structurally very sound defensive team. 
But structure comes from coaches. And they went from wanting the best coaches in the NHL to Randy Carlisle. <laughs> and so everybody agrees. Both both eye test people and analytics people like these two defenders. And, you know, their rankings might be a little bit different as far as where they, they fall as far as, like, who's more elite or whatever the fuck. But... They both like them. We can both, both camps agree these are really good players who put up really good numbers and look good doing it. So my real, I'm really, really, really curious to see what happens when they have an entirely different defensive scheme Mm -hmm. from Randy Carlisle, because he has never been known to put up good possession numbers mm-hmm. ever in his his coaching career and his time with the Maple Leafs was an unmitigated disaster and that's his most recent head coaching experience in the NHL and so it's like okay well is this is that going to be what we see is is he going to try and drive play that way and how is that going to affect these guys we can all we've already agreed on are quite good mhm are because I think that's a bit, and and I think that's a bit that's what happens to a lot of good defenders, too. Is like, guys like Shea Weber do some of the right things. He's really good at breaking up zone entries. Um, he's good at zone exits. And, and that, you know, to Adam Larson's credit, that's what he's good at, too, is those specific things. But they don't necessarily translate well into increasing your shots for. Right. Which is what both of those teams need help with. Yes. So anyway, I don't know. It, that's that's the current hockey shenanigans. Let's go into Star Trek time. Star Trek time! We saw Star Trek Beyond last night because I am a member of the victory team for Alamo Drafthouse. And they gave me a, they gave me a little showing for a like, preview on Wednesday, even though it doesn't come out until tomorrow. It's really good. We won't spoil it for you, but it's really good. I will spoil one thing. I didn't know Idris Elba was in this movie. (laughs) I didn't either. I had no idea he was in this movie. And about halfway through, I really wanted to lean over to Carolyn and be like, I really think the bad guy is Idris Elba. But I didn't. And I kind of regret that now, so I can't go like, boom, I was right. (laughs) Um, But, God, like... He plays a really good, menacing, like, even through a billion pounds of makeup is, like, terrifying. Yes. He's really good in pretty much everything he does. It's true. And this is no exception. And I really loved, I can't say her last name, but Sophia. I don't even know her last name. Uh, she was amazing. She, she was did a great really, job. really good. Um, and so this is also not a spoiler, but you know, they do like the space, the final frontier thing at the end of like every movie now. Uh-huh. I really liked this time that they had each like member of the main cast, like say a line of it. Uh-huh. And I especially loved that they gave Uhura the last line. So she says where no one has gone before. And I was just like, I cried a little and got chills. <laughs> like, I was like, oh my God, Uhura saying this line is great. It was beautiful. Um, I, what I really liked about it is, it just, I, I read a review, and I didn't read the whole review, but the, the big clip, the main takeaway was, it just felt like an extended episode, like a really well-produced episode of television, 
And that's kind of how it felt, which sometimes can be disappointing, but in this case was absolutely perfect the way it needed to be. It was, it was, it's not a perfect movie because there there were still times when I I was kind of like, really? Yeah. Come on. But at the same time, I think it was a perfect Star Trek movie. Yes. I think it was perfect for what it was doing. Yes. And I think it executed everything perfectly. Yes. I really, really, really liked it. Um... And I don't want to oversell it because I don't want people to go and then come back and look at me and be like, mm. but it was miles above the absolute fucking mess that was Into Darkness. Yes. And I even like it better than the original reboot. I haven't seen the original reboot in a while, so I would have to. Oh, uh, if you want to do that tonight instead of watching Melissa McCarthy. We could do that. Um, I do own it, so we have, we're, we have that option. Uh, so... I will I will reserve my judgment on that for tomorrow. Um, but I or just later really, tonight, either or way, whatever. But we're not posting this till tomorrow. So anyway, I what I really liked about it, it I just liked just it was fun and it was a good time and everybody like I mean it was just so earnest in what it was that I will say at the very beginning there's you know a big action sequence and I almost got a little motion sick from it. <laughs> I actually honestly. <laughs> When they go into the space station place for the first time and they're doing all these like swooping shots and like showing you how impossibly it is put together with physics and everything and like it comes from one thing and then all of a sudden you're upside down on the next. I I honestly had to close my eyes for a minute because like, I think I might actually vomit. Because like, we were also... We were also sitting second row. Yeah, we were So we really were close. very close, and, like, I was having to lean my head back to see the whole screen. And on, I don't... I didn't mind it. Like, most of the time, if I'm seeing a movie, I'm kind of like, I want it to be comfortable. I want it to be, like, front and center. Like, not front. I want it to be centered, like, middle back, blah, 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 all of that. But, like, no. This time, I honestly don't care where I sat. I, it would have been a great show anyway. Yeah. But, like, I think that that probably contributed to my feeling of... A slight motion sickness. A slight motion sickness. <laughs> Queasiness at certain spots. But all in what, all... What's the beginning action sequence? I don't remember now. But anyway, I, I just remember going... I'm trying to remember what they were doing. I just remember it made me feel a little nauseous. Huh. Anyway, everybody this is should This going to bother me until I see it tomorrow. Everybody should go see... <laughs> Both Ghostbusters, which we already reviewed for you. <laughs> it was amazing. Well, it was really funny. Uh, amazing is a strong word. Star Trek was amazing. Ghostbusters was really, really funny. And if it ruins your childhood, your childhood was probably too shitty to begin with. <laughs> and Or too fragile to even... Like, yeah. Um, it was... Ghostbusters was really funny. There were a couple of parts towards the end where I was kind of like, I could feel myself start to nitpick. Like, Mm -hmm. you've already... The way that they were fighting the ghosts at the end, they were using the... The proton packs and stuff, like, they were lassos and, like, like slicing the ghosts in half, pulling them around places, killing them without trapping them and all this kind of stuff. And it was very much more like a supernatural Ghostbusters hybrid than a proper Ghostbusters. And that, and I, as I was watching that sequence, I could feel myself saying, you've already set up how ghosts work in this universe, and now you're throwing it away and doing something completely different. And so I, can, I could almost feel myself being like, no, that's not how it's supposed to be. And then I was like... 
Stop. (laughs) (laughs) This is an entirely new thing. An entirely new thing. Like, they're just rebooting Ghostbusters with ladies and just watch it and enjoy it. Because that sequence was really fun and funny. It was just that, like, as I was watching, I was like, that's not how it works. (laughs) And then I had to tell myself to stop. So, but otherwise, Ghostbusters was hilarious. And we strong recommend on the Star Trek. This has been... Strong. I have listened to nothing. Literally nothing. But, um... Sledgehammer all day. That do you know what I'm talking about? The Rihanna song. Oh, I didn't know that. That's what that was called. Oh, it's called yeah, it's called Sledgehammer. No, but that's a really good song. It's an amazing song. Um. Anyway, this has been the off season with Carolyn and Marin. <laughs> we do have reader questions. Woo! Okay, so Ronnie James asks, "How do the stars replace Trevor Daly?" Defense is the only way to help out the billion-dollar goalie situation. Okay, so first off, Ronnie James, we've already replaced Trevor Daly because he left last season, not this season. Second of all, Ronnie James, we don't have a billion-dollar goalie situation. I mean, it is an expensive goalie situation. Um, I don't know what... I mean, Trevor Daly wasn't a good fit for the Stars system, under Lindy Ruff. That nope. was kind of the problem. That's why he was traded. That's part of why so he we don't really a major reason why he was to traded. To replace Trevor Daly. We don't really want his style of play in this system. Um, I would say if you are looking for reasons to be excited about the Stars' defense and you're concerned about that second pairing spot where Trevor Daly was, I would say... Steven Johns! Yeah, go back and watch tape of Steven Johns playing for us last season, because he'll be great. And you'll get all of the games this season, assuming no issues with injury. And also watch some tape of Dan Hamhuis, or Dan Dan the Defense Man. Dan Dan the Defense Man. Because I believe that you will enjoy him, and he will pair very nicely with John Klingberg, and... We also have Asa Lindell. He's a good look, to, too. And he will probably be on that third pairing with somebody whose name may or may, may not be Jordy Ben. Yep. Who is a very good third pairing D-man. Exactly. So I'm not particularly worried about the Stars' defensive situation. Um, I'm a little worried about our goaltending situation I'm, still. I'm not going to lie. I'm still a little worried about the goaltending situation. It was fine enough until the pressure got on them. Yeah, it was great. I mean, we won the West last year, and that's that was great. And that 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 is what our goaltending got us was a winning record in the West and the top of the Western Conference. Awesome. What it didn't get us was out of the second round against the Blues, which we should have done because we outplayed the Blues, we just didn't outgoaltend the Blues. Yes. And I, uh, the worst thing about that series is that Brian Elliott melted down in the first game of the next series. <coughs> he used like, up all his witchy powers against the stars. I was like, I, he was good last year, but he wasn't like as spectacular as he was in the playoffs. And the oh, like he was spectacular through the first fourteen fucking games of the playoffs, and then the fifteenth game when he was done. I was like, if you could have been just not done. Mm. One know. game earlier. I know. I was so One mad. game earlier. So mad. It just um, wasn't fair. Yeah, no, I'm not that worried about the Stars' defense. And frankly, the Stars are never going to play like a lot of people want them to play, which is defense first, defense first. Yeah, that's not the Stars' style. It's so just not how I it's I feel like happen. maybe you should, instead of worrying so much about the Stars' defense, you should embrace what the Stars are. Which is fun. Which is fun. 
And yes, what we are calling fun is actually like pants shitting terror sometimes. <laughs> it's like a roller coaster. It's like a roller coaster. No lead is safe and secure, and that includes ours and the other teams. And if you don't accept what you have, you're just going to make yourself miserable. So, so that is very we true. are not sage. Yeah, thank you. Thank you very much. We are not a defense-heavy team. That is just not the style we play. And if you want that, I suggest watching the Predators or the Minnesota Wild. And then you can be bored <laughs> for 82 games every season. Go. I agree. I mean, thank you for the question, though, Ronnie James. I'm sorry we shot all over it, but we appreciate you listening and submitting questions. <laughs> you seem like a very nice person. I don't know. <laughs> Your next question is... <laughs> Sorry. <laughs> Didn't want to be a jerk. <laughs> Let me be a complete jerk for 30 seconds. And then just like, oh, I'm sorry I wasn't a jerk. <laughs> I was a jerk, but I'm sorry about it. I'm very conflicted as a human being. Okay, moving on. <laughs> to Larry Joe! Friend of the podcast. Oh, am I reading it? Yeah. Is summer 5,000 days long or is it just me? It is A, not just you. And B, yes. Also, have you watched the videos of Alex Galchenyuk training? Because holy moly. And then she wanted us to talk about the lack of stars on national television, but we've already done that, so. At length. At length. Uh, I have not seen the videos of Alex Galchenyuk training because... I have seen the gifts of him training. I heard he was throwing tires. Uh, I didn't see that one. I saw one of him, like, you know, they, they do the standing jump up onto, like, the yeah. platforms. That's the one I saw. He's holding dumbbells. And, like, the last one he did was above his waist. And Jesus. He just, and he just, from a, from a, like, not a running start, just from a flat, like, jump straight up on top of that thing. And I'm sitting there watching it, like... Are you are you shitting me right now? Like, <laughs> is this somehow like photoshopped? Like, real people can do this. This isn't witchcraft. <laughs> it was very, very, very like it was impressive. Impressive to say the least. Also, I'm pretty sure I remember just a couple of seasons ago him being like the skinniest little beanpole you ever saw. He's not skinny anymore. You know what, actually, the only thing that I can ever concentrate on whenever I see pictures of Galchenyuk anymore, his awful facial hair. It is terrible! It is terrible. I literally, it distracts me from everything else I know. that could potentially ever be happening. It's true. So, do yourself a favor. And shave. And shave. Yep. Uh, one last question, because we told you we were light um, on content. Uh, and yet we still managed to get 51 minutes out of this podcast. Well, we did spend 10 minutes reviewing Star Trek. That's true. Um, Julia asks, it is summer and I'm miserable because it's so fucking hot in Boston. We feel you. We're in Texas. But she has no AC. She has no AC, so... That's disgusting and I'm very that's sorry. That's awful. Wait, what's the temperature in Boston right now? Let's look this up. I think it's like 90 something. Oh my God, and you have no AC? Yeah. God. Uh, how do you deal well, I deal by turning my air conditioner on. Um, as somebody who has actually lived in Boston before, uh, one of the best things you can do is take cold baths and don't, like, dry your hair or anything like that. Wet hair. It's 87, a, apparently. It is. Wet hair is a really good way to deal with um, hot temperatures. It uh, is 87, but it feels like 84. How do you get that? A cool breeze. 
Fucking hell, dude. We want it that way. It's backwards where we are. <laughs> That's not fair. Um, other ways to stay cool during the summer. Learn to skate. The rink is very cold. Uh, hang out in pools. Yeah, water. Get yourself a poor man's uh, AC with some ice and a fan. Yeah, that's a good way to do it. Uh, go see movies. Lots during of the hottest part of the day. Mat- the matinees are also cheaper. Yeah, they're cheaper. I mean, honestly, just hanging out at a, the library where I imagine there might probably be air conditioning. Also a good way to do it. Not a bad idea. Hanging out in a Starbucks for a while. I mean, basically, whatever your hottest part of the day is, because it's different than our hottest part of the day, because Texas, it gets progressively hotter up till sunset, and other pa- places, it's like middle of the day is hotter. Yeah, usually in most places, it's around like 3 to 4 p.m. Yeah, here it's like five is the hottest part of our day. Um, so whenever your hottest part of the day is, get out of your house and go do something else is yep. what I recommend. Uh, skating, go see a movie. Pools. Pools, but you have to be outside for those. Um, and or then, unless you have an indoor pool somewhere. Unless there's an indoor pool somewhere, but that's usually swampy. Unless, unless you call your bathtub... That you fill with cold water a pool. But take cold baths and wet hair. Yeah, that helps a lot. And fans. Um, also, I request that you spend most of the podcast talking about your cats. So my cats came to live with me. Yes, I was going to ask you about that, actually. It's been horrible so far. Oh, no. <laughs> it has not been horrible. My cats have... So I got these... I got the first cat in 2007 when I moved to Oklahoma, and her name is Sammy. Mm-hmm. And then I got the second cat literally four months before I moved back to Texas, and her name is Baby. Her name was originally Charles Wallace because I was told she was a boy, but she is not a boy. <laughs> she's a girl, so now she's Baby. I named her Shenanigans, but she didn't answer that. Um, so I have these two cats who mostly get along okay. Like, when, they li- when they're comfortable with you in, in their surroundings, they actually are nap buddies. They will, like, nap on top of each other. Um, but right now, they're not feeling it, and they get in fights almost every day. Not, like, have to be torn apart fights, but just, like, I'm going to yell at you fights. And these happen at, like, midnight. Yeah, I know that feeling. Not in the middle of the day when I'm awake. Mm-hmm. Uh, so that's a little annoying. They're both on kitty prozac right now though to chill them the fuck out so moving is traumatic moving is very traumatic they've also um because i moved to austin before they did and i didn't have anywhere for them to live they've been living not in the same house as my parents on my parents ranch so they haven't really had a lot of people around for a while and i feel very guilty about that but like now they're living with me so they're with me all the time except at night because i found out Found out last week, or earlier this week, or was it last week? It was last week. My um, little girl, baby, has been peeing in one of the corners of my room, which just happened to be where my computer was. Oh, no. She peed on top of my computer. Literally peed on top of my computer. Oh, no. Yeah. It was closed at the time, so she just peed on, like, the the top case, and I, I was sitting right there when she did it. And so I cleaned it up immediately, but then underneath it, I found, like, a puddle of pee. Oh, that the, no. The, the, the computer wasn't sitting in it, because there was other stuff underneath it, but, like, she did pee all over my external hard drive. And I was able to clean that off, but I'm, I, and it still works just fine, but I was, that has 26 seasons of Doctor Who on it, <laughs> so I was really fucking nervous about this external hard drive. 
It has 26 seasons of Doctor Who and, like, all of my music. So I was like, if you fuck this up, cat. Yeah. This might be the end of you. <laughs> but that's one of the things that the Kitty Prozac is supposed to help her with because she, when she doesn't feel secure, will fucking pee or poo in a corner that she finds because that's just what helps her feel better about her life. Mm-hmm. But the Kitty Prozac is supposed to help with that, so. Uh, my cats are still being my cats. Um... Which is to say, Lainey is rambunctious, and Madeline wants everything her way. Hmm. And that's just basically how it's gonna be, I think, for the next several years. Yeah. Baby has this, so Baby has this really adorably high meow that she, like, she does when she's really happy, scared, whatever, she'll do this meow. Sammy just has this meow, meow, (laughs) and she'll follow you around and she'll talk meow. So Mary has started calling her, like, my salty cat, because she is, <laughs> she's the salty cat I deserve, really, for being as salty as I am. She is a very, very salty cat. And, uh, that's all we've got for you today. <laughs> Cats, movies, and a little bit of hockey. You're welcome. Typical podcast. Yep. Uh, typical off-season podcast. Typical Marin and Carolyn podcast. Right. Anyway, I'm Carolyn. Uh, you can find me on Twitter at Classlicity. I'm Marin. You can find me on Twitter at Marinish. And you can find our official Twitter at Depart Hockey. And our email at DeparthHockey at gmail.com. You can also find our Tumblr at tum- <laughs> DeparthHockey.tumblr.com. And our official blog at DeparthHockey.wordpress.com. Bye! Bye! To boldly go where no one has gone before. <laughs>